This is For Your Reference, a sports reference podcast. Welcome back to For Your Reference, a sports reference podcast. My name is Charlotte. I'm on the data team at Sports Reference. And this podcast is where we get to share the interesting stories on topics that we've come across while working on the Sports Reference family of websites. Today, I'm joined by Jonah Gardner, Product Marketing Manager at Sports Reference. Hi, Jonah. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for having me on today. And I guess I should say you are here because our podcast today is going to be talking about uh, athletes who also have music careers. And you are known at Sports Reference as the person who knows things about music. I don't know if if you're proud of this reputation, how you've cultivated it. Um, uh, yeah, it has, uh, you know, been been years of posting about bands that no one's heard of or really likes uh, that has, uh, I think, helped helped me build that reputation. I uh, have certainly uh, got the the record collection, you know, to, to back it up. Um, but I'm just a, I'm a big music nerd. I really enjoy uh, all kinds of stuff. So getting to do this kind of deep dive and uh, uh, since I also love sports, you know, I feel like uh, with all the athletes we're going to talk about, you really got insights into their personalities, you know, kind of what what drives them. Uh, so I'm 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 excited to talk about this. It was a, a very fun kind of kind of rabbit hole to travel down. Yeah, and we should also uh, shout out our colleague Mike K. He kind of inspired this episode by sharing a, I guess a recording he had found on Reddit of Wilt Chamberlain, and he's singing two songs. We have "By the River" on one side, and then on the other side we have "That's Easy to Say," and he's actually singing. He has like a beautiful singing voice, and this was kind of a shock to a lot of us. Um, even though this is ancient history, it was recorded during his rookie season in 1960. I don't know if this was news to you as it was to me. It uh, definitely was news to me. I had no idea that uh, Will uh, cut this novelty single, and I definitely wasn't expecting his voice to be that good. I mean, it was the kind of thing that, like, you could imagine hearing, like, in the background in a scene in American Graffiti or, like, coming across on an oldie station. Uh, Yeah. I'm certainly not a music critic, but the notes that I had written down were upbeat, jazzy. I said it made me want to swing dance. That was the vibe that I was <laughs> from it. Um, well, I was just going to say that I, I actually texted my dad about this because he lived in the sort of Philadelphia area in 1960. And he mentioned that like uh, he loved uh, he loved these songs and that they got radio play and that, you know, people were buying the record. So it was a it sounds like at least in, in this area, it was kind of a hit. Yeah. And then I guess ultimately just ended up becoming a footnote because he never produced more music. But today we have tons of NBA players releasing music. It's kind of become a cliche. I don't know if you have a few that jump to your mind first when you think about athlete musicians currently. Well, I do. uh, It's funny too, like listening to the Wilt songs. um, That's easy to say. The lyrics to that song are really funny in like when you consider kind of what we know about Wilt's life, because he's singing about how he needs to stop partying, he needs to stop chasing girls. Uh, and obviously off the court, uh, Wilt had a, a very, very active social life um, that I'm sure you know many of our listeners are, are have read about at one point or the other. So the irony of that is very funny to me. Um, as far as like today's athletes, 
Um, I think the one that will, uh, you know, everyone mentions and that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point is Damian Lillard. He uh, has, you know, a very credible uh, second career as as a as a hip hop artist. Um, and, uh, you know, he does interviews, he's cutting records um, and that's really good. Kind of as a 90s kid, I have, you know, memories of Deion Sanders uh, and Shaquille O'Neal, you know, uh, I don't think those have really stood up to the test of time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Yeah, for me, it the ones that I knew about were Damian Lillard and then just kind of a, a blank hole of like, oh, yeah, I think a lot of other players also have music careers or also rap. And so when I started looking into it, it was actually a longer list than I even anticipated. Current uh, players who have, you know, musical pursuits include Iman Shumpert, Aaron Gordon, Javal McGee, Andre Drummond, Victor Oladipo, Lonzo Ball, Lou Williams, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Like, the, it's huge. There's a huge, huge list of players who are pursuing music careers. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's interesting because with today, it's, it's never been easier to... Um, to, to do that, you know, the equipment is, is more readily available to people. Um, you can set it up kind of in a, in a home office situation. And I think that listening to a lot of these songs, especially like, you know, the one like the Durant song that leaked out, um, some of the other ones, you know, even Dame, it feels like this is kind of a creative outlet for them to, to blow off steam, you know, and kind of a way to, a way to express themselves kind of outside the grind of basketball and outside the grind of you know being a being a famous person uh you know having this like physically taxing job that's kind of a way to keep your mind fresh but you can also see the way it engages all of their um uh competitive uh sides you know yeah are you hinting at uh some of the rivalries or uh rap battles that have come out of uh nba rap scene yeah, absolutely. It's uh, uh, definitely a, a fun storyline to track. The Dame Marvin Bagley thing was amazing. Yeah, so I guess we can go back to Damian Lillard a little bit. You had mentioned him as kind of the most established current NBA musician. And I took a few notes. I had that he's released albums in 2016, 17, 19, and 21. And he now actually has his own record label. So this is not, uh, you know, just a, a one hit wonder. This is a consistent thing that he's been pursuing um, for years and years now. And he's, you know, getting actual, you know, traction on Spotify, on YouTube with his music. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And what happened with Marvin Bagley was he kind of came onto the scene after uh, Damian Lillard and he was in the draft process and he said, hmm, hey, I think, you know, I could be the next one to challenge uh, as a NBA slash rap artist. And I guess Damian Lillard didn't take too kindly to that. Yeah, it sounded like uh, uh, Damian Lillard was uh, at first kind of hesitant to, you know, it, 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 it's interesting to hear him talk about this stuff because it seems like he understands you know that people want to you know that if you're doing it you want to believe you're the best and you know that you know uh it's it's something that they're all doing but he definitely there was clearly something about like Bagley going on first take I think to like throw down the gauntlet or whatever that clearly uh rubbed Dame the wrong way and he had like he told the story about how he like 
already had a, a diss track ready to go like at like that day and just fired it off immediately and then did another one just to like add salt in the wound uh and i i I Bagley fired back, but I think that Dame got the better of, of that one for sure. Yeah, I saw that. I wasn't really sure what the official rules for rap battles were, but it did seem like he got challenged and then he said, I'm going to come back with not one, but two uh, tracks to come back at you and say why I'm better. Um, and the consensus definitely seemed to be that he had the upper hand in that uh, in that clash. Although when I went and looked at Marvin Bagley's music, he has um, a song called Look at Me Now um, that's on his uh, YouTube. And I really liked it. I thought it was very catchy. I thought it had a really good hook. And I know for me, I love a song that I can kind of sing along to, dance along to. And that's not necessarily most of Damian Lillard's rap. So I like that Marvin Bagley's was a little catchier. Totally, yeah, totally an unofficial opinion from a, a non-music <laughs> expert here. Dame stuff definitely seems more on the the trend that you see in kind of like popular hip hop, where it's a little, little more downbeat. It's a little more um, uh, at points depressive, you know, kind of uh, mixing in like like more more uh, honesty about your your feelings and stuff like that, which was certainly not not what uh, it was like when I was growing up. Um, but you know, Drake. Uh, 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 both of the um, both of the diss tracks that Dame cut were Drake beats, and the whole idea of doing kind of two uh, responses in quick succession is something he stole from or borrowed. I guess I don't want to you know uh, use a, use a loaded word there, but he, he borrowed the idea from when Drake uh, uh, was having beef with Meek Mill and um, dropped them. But I will have to I do have to say that I think Bagley deserves credit. I'm not sure if he did this. Or if it was the YouTube creator who uploaded the uh, the song, but the cover for it was like Bagley holding a baby with Damian Lillard's face photoshopped on it, and I was like, all right, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the level of pettiness I want to see out of this kind of thing. So I enjoyed that. I love that. I want to bring up one other thing that I kind of noticed with Damian Lillard, which was he's been very vocal about saying he wants to win a Grammy. He feels like that would lend him some legitimacy and he said, I'm not a basketball player that raps, I'm a rapper. And it seems like he's really trying to distance himself from some type of archetype. And I, I kind of am struggling or wondering, like, why is that the case? Why does he feel like he needs to, to make this distance? Um, I, my read on it is that, uh, you know, Dame, I, I, I'm just a couple year, years older than Damian Lillard. So when I first heard, you know, uh, NBA superstars rapping, you know, my first thought was uh, kind of those guys who did in the 90s. So Shaq is a really big example. Shaq actually went platinum uh, with his album. He had a bunch of uh, uh, very credible um, sort of producers and guests. Uh, Five Dog from uh, A Tribe Called Quest is on one of the Shaq songs. Uh, and those songs are just atrocious. Uh, you know, like Shaq is uh not not it's just not it's just not you know uh very credible uh or like cool and i think for dame who was grow who's talked about you know growing up in a very sort of like serious you know a neighborhood that took hip-hop seriously and that like you know was very uh very interested in in it as an art form that uh you know the stuff like Shaq, it feels more like a cash-in you know it feels like 
this is a guy who's famous and whose name can sell records and stuff like that. And I think Dame is like a very obsessive uh, craftsman. You see it in his in his game, uh, and you can see it in the in the hip hop too, in the in the rap he does. So I think that he's trying to differentiate himself from the kind of checkered past of athlete performers before. Yeah, and and Dame has and has teased that he will continue in the future to collaborate with other basketball players um, with his music. And so it's kind of tricky to figure out like where is he drawing this line? And he was actually asked in Rolling Stone interview if Shaq was the worst uh, athlete rapper of all time, and he kind of refused to take the bait. He said, you know, you got to respect, you know, what Shaq has contributed to, you know, the genre or whatever, and refused to say anything really negative. Although he does uh, have a diss track about Shaq also in existence. So maybe that. Yeah, I'm not sure who, I'm not sure who started that one because Shaq has a diss track about him too. Yeah. So um, when I was looking into uh, Shaq's rap career, I found some interesting stuff there as well. I clicked on one of his songs and there was a very conspicuous heck in the lyrics. And I learned that <laughs> a big part of how he gained his popularity was that he was really doing um clean or profanity free uh rap music and parents loved that they're like he's an athlete like this is somebody my kids can look up to you know he's really accomplishing things and he's not just swearing and and saying bad things in his lyrics and I thought that was pretty interesting yeah it's uh probably one of the reasons it hasn't aged well is that like if you're a kid and you're trying to listen to Tupac or Eminem and your parents are like, here's this guy who's doing clean hip hop. Uh, you should listen to this instead. You're, you're just not going to go for it. Yeah. And he contributed to this uh, album called B-Ball's Best Kept Secret that featured 10 NBA players rapping. And I saw some uh, more current articles referring to that as a big mistake and that he kind of <laughs> allowed himself to get lumped in with this group and that's why we kind of now see this character of NBA player rapping um, instead of the individual contributions that they each had. I do also want to shout out I think Shaq had one of the most important uh, uh, rap uh, NBA crossover moments in 2008 kind of as his career was dwindling and the Lakers had just lost to the Celtics in the uh, finals he cut, he he was at like a live performance uh, and did a Kobe diss uh, song where he talked about how Kobe can't win in a title without him. Um, he, uh, 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 you know, taunted Kobe. Uh, and then obviously uh, after that summer, the Lakers and Kobe went on to win two more titles after that. So, uh, and then they they kind of had to had to patch things up. But um, one of the, one of the moments of like the Shaq Kobe rivalry like spilling out in a very public way was uh, connected to Shaq's rap career. Yeah, I had never heard of that, but I did watch the video because you sent it to me this week, and uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I felt like he wasn't just dissing Kobe in the track; he was dissing a number of people, including kind of himself. Um, it kind of had a, a self-deprecating, silly vibe to it, in my opinion. Um, he had a line saying that he can't breed because he had a vasectomy. Um, talking about himself. Yeah. yeah, that jumped out at me too, listening to it again. So I was prepared to listen to it and think, oh, damn, he really went after somebody. But I kind of came away from it thinking maybe it was more good natured than it was, you know, 
brought to be by the talk around it. Yeah, that uh, I can definitely see that. Uh, that that makes sense. And it was definitely it's definitely a thing with Shaq too. Like he's kind of such a gregarious guy that he can never really go to like. I, I feel like he'll never really go to those super dark places. Uh, you know, he's his whole persona is that he's you know this this kind of tall goofy you know um uh, uh guy and when you're that tall you just have such a like different perspective on the world you know um like i was thinking about him and fife dog because uh fife was five foot three and so i feel like that has to be like the biggest height disparity between two artists in a rap song like of all time uh and so uh it it, it, it it's just shack shack you really do see his personality uh through the rap as 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 corporate as a lot of it was um he still he still comes across the same way he does in his in interviews and you know the glimpses of him we got uh kind of off before yeah i have an another question for you i don't know if this one's a little mean but the the players we've been talking about damian lillard he's spent his whole uh career with the trailblazers basically been a star from from the start Shaq he was a star when he started releasing his music in 92. You know, even Marvin Bagley, he's been off to a good start in the NBA for the most part. And I wonder if we had an athlete who was maybe less successful on the court pursuing a music career, if that would be perceived differently. It was just something that kept popping in my head. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting question. Um, I think that it also kind of depends on I feel like looking at these, there's kind of two kinds of like musician, uh, of athlete musician. So there's the one that we saw all the way going back to Wilt, where it's like someone who is super famous, almost famous enough that they're transcending the sport, uh, the way Wilt and Shaq, uh, you can throw Deion Sanders in that category. And so a record label looks at that and says, hey, they can sell this name, this face can sell records for us. Um, and then you get the sort of player where it's more of a passion project or a creative outlet for them. And I think that's where you, you'll find players who are less successful. You know, it's not a basketball example, but, uh, you know, one that like every baseball fan when I was growing up knew about was Bronson Arroyo, the pitcher for the Red Sox, who um, cut this album of like 90s cover songs uh, and just clearly like loved playing music and was like, uh, uh, probably like strumming a guitar in the clubhouse and like probably the kind of guy who breaks out a guitar at the at the party at at, at 1 30 a.m um and so I think that's the kind of person who you get you know even uh Victor Oladipo who you mentioned he's he's had some good seasons but he definitely like you know my mom and dad wouldn't know who he is um and I, I would be curious to see if there's someone who's like good enough to maybe make it as a role player but who could even have a more successful career as a musician. That would be kind of an interesting thing to see someday. Yeah, that'd be super interesting. I know I've looked into Bronson Arroyo a little bit and I found some videos of him playing at local music festivals, people in lawn chairs. And I was like, wow, you just, you know, you could walk right up and be, you know, front of the stage for this concert. But the comments were all like so positive. It seemed like people really appreciated his music, even though he, has sort of been on a smaller scale. He has a good voice. And I think that uh, that first album was basically like a victory lap for the 2004 Red Sox. Uh, there's one song where it's just like, like Kevin Euclid and Johnny Damon. It's a cover of Dirty Water and they're just kind of like singing along and yelling in the background. 
there's a Toad the Wet Sprocket cover where Theo Epstein plays guitar, um, which is just an incredible thing to know. I'm just so happy that that exists. Um, so I think people have a lot of positive memories about that. And then like with Bronson Arroyo, he just he just seems like a positive, good vibes kind of guy. You know, I I, um, uh, I also think doing covers is a smart move. You know, uh, I, I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure if he, he would be getting the same sort of like credibility if uh, if he was writing the music. For all I know, he's an incredible writer. But with the covers, it's like everyone knows these songs. Uh, you know, he's putting his own spin on them. So I think it's a, I think it's a good approach. I think my real question was. Um... And I, I should mention that Jonah's in our HQ in Philadelphia. If we had, I don't know, somebody like Ben Simmons starting a music career, do you think that would be well-received? <laughs> uh, no, I do not think that would be well-received. Uh, I uh, I think Ben is probably such a lightning bolt uh, or lightning rod rather, a lightning bolt, um, that uh, I think that it would be, be probably met with a lot of derision and mockery um even if it was even if it was good uh you know certainly he it sounds like he uh is more of a gamer than uh, like that's kind of his big off the court interest um which could probably be an episode in and of itself i think that uh i i think that it it, it would be tough for someone because you know it's it's interesting and i wonder if you came across this uh it seems like no one really throws it you know we have such a such a culture in sports now of like you know haters and uh stands you know and and kind of this constant feuding and you know hot takes and it seems like a, a good hot take would be like oh this guy cares more about his music career than his uh uh play on on the court or on the field but i never really came across anybody saying that and it could be because we're talking about players like Shaq who were winners um you know, Dame obviously hasn't made a finals, but he's had a very good career um, and is as clutch as they come. So maybe it's just that these players are kind of like immune to that sort of criticism. But I don't know. Did you come across anything where it's like people are, are accusing them of, of caring more about one than the other? Well, I came across an interview with Damian Lillard where he was going into detail about his recording schedule and how he really has to squeeze everything in in the off season and then he saves music to release during the season and will sometimes even try to time releases with things that are happening during the NBA season so like maybe I could put out this song on all-star weekend and that would you know be a good timing for me to get the most traction um and so basically reading that interview was what prompted me to kind of start having these questions of, wow, can you really do both? It does seem difficult to balance. And and I was wondering if they got criticism for splitting their attention, but yeah, I also didn't find too much. I I should I should mention there's one example that uh, kind of looms large here, although it's not like, it's not the kind of thing we're talking about, but Alan Iverson uh, one, uh, cut a uh, rap album back kind of at the peak of his stardom. Um, and he released a single and it was very controversial. Um, there were uh, some very edgelordy type lyrics in there. Um, and uh, basically David Stern threatened to ban him from the league if the album was released. Uh, so it never saw the light of day. Uh, I think the only thing you can still find is that one single. Iverson has said that he kind of regrets doing it. And so it's maybe for the best that it never came out. But that's obviously the one example where like, actually like the the and uh, you know the iverson stuff is uh just you know such a um 
such a uh, crazy rabbit hole and such a such an interesting story generally. Um, and the you know um, anger towards him from from the NBA front office and Stern. Um, but that's obviously a case where like uh, it, the music career did jeopardize his uh, his NBA career. Interesting. Yeah, I've. I mean, I've definitely followed Iverson's story to some extent. I don't remember that being in the documentary at all, but maybe that's just a blind spot. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that made it into the documentary or not, um, but it's definitely it's definitely of a piece of the other sort of like like the dress code and the other rules that uh, Howard that uh, that that the NBA was uh, basically you know passing that were directed at at Iverson and players like him, and uh, it also shows you know what a you know it's kind of like a pretty strong contrast with Shaq, you know, who was uh, cultivating this family-friendly image, who was going in, in children's movies and uh, was, you know, recording these these clean songs, you know. Um, so speaking of uh, music that never got out um, or, or maybe wasn't supposed to get out, um, one of the big stories in, you know, NBA music has been, LeBron and Katie's uh, combo uh, hit "It Ain't Easy," um, <laughs> and and Katie has come out and said that he actually has other secret checks with um, a variety of players, including Demar Derozan and Rudy Gay, and he says they're never going to get out. So I think that maybe that kind of plays into what you were talking about earlier of how this is a form of expression for a certain class of players and not necessarily uh, career aspiration. Yeah, I was thinking, of, I was thinking about Durant uh, a lot. Um, I never knew uh, about this song until we started researching this episode. And it, boy, the feeling when I clicked on YouTube and saw LeBron James featuring Kevin Durant from like a Vivo account was uh, just, uh, just like a once in a lifetime experience. Uh, and uh, I think that you can tell that it's something that they're just kind of goofing around and doing for fun. I sent this one to all of my friends. Uh, and one of them, my friend Andrew, uh, replied that kind of LeBron has the same vibe as Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights when he's recording the album, uh, if, uh, if you've seen that movie. Uh, but I thought that it's fascinating to me that they did this. It's an interesting point in their relationship because it was during the lockout. So... Uh, LeBron has just lost the, the first finals with the Miami Heat. Uh, he's about to win two more. He's about to beat Durant uh, in the first time that they would face off in the finals. But Durant is not like the MVP candidate quite yet. Um, he kind of had a uh, coming out party in the, in the playoffs that year. But they aren't uh, the sort of like longtime rivals that they feel like now. Uh, they are still kind of like, uh, you know, Durant's still kind of coming up as a player. LeBron is is hitting his stride, hitting his peak. Um, so it's an interesting point in their relationship to to do that. And um, I would just love to know, you know, like who emailed who to say, hey, why don't you come over and uh, I've got uh, all this recording equipment. Let's record a track. Um, you can tell Durant does it more than LeBron. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a more comfortable flow. Um and some honestly funny lyrics. Uh, I like the part about, uh, you know, where he says like the rest of the world skip Bayless and he's LeBron. Uh, I thought that was good. So I just, uh, uh, I just think it's interesting. And yeah, it seems like Durant's such an interesting guy because on the one hand, he's very public um, in terms of like, you know, 
he lets us know what he thinks on Twitter. And, uh, you know, he's uh, in, in the middle of a lot of, you know, very traumatic NBA stuff. But on the other hand, you can tell that he has this sort of like personal life that he, he doesn't share. And I think that having an outlet like, uh, like hip hop is a, uh, is one way to like kind of center himself, you know? Yeah. I, I thought the whole story was totally fascinating as well. And, uh, yeah, the things that they chose to like kind of share with each other, it's like very intimate and personal, you know, LeBron's talking about growing up without a dad and that's not something you maybe do with a casual friend, at least I don't think. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that track and, uh, it was, uh, recorded in 2011 during lockout, but people didn't know about it until it was leaked in 2017. Um, so at that point, totally different, you know, set of circumstances for LeBron and KD six years later. I read that uh, TMZ actually at one point offered $250,000 as a reward for anyone who would leak them the song. Yeah, um, and it was- but I don't think it- the LeBron team, I guess, was the ones that were really fighting to keep it private. I think KD was maybe didn't care as much, but it was that's what I read that LeBron's team was very firm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you for going on, you know, a little bit of a ping pong with me between different subjects, singers, uh, rappers today. Um, I guess before we go, I just wanted to ask if there's anyone you're excited to hear more music from if you have any like favorites we haven't hit on yet or maybe any least favorites um that's a good question I feel like we hit on we hit on a lot of my favorites uh you know I certainly you know came away from this being impressed with Dame uh you hear uh about his uh hip-hop career but I never really sought it out um but I thought that that was good. Um, I wish there was more Wilt music to explore, to be honest. I really liked uh, those songs. Um, and as far as stuff that we didn't get around to talk to you, talking about, I kind of referenced it, but I would encourage everyone to look up uh, Deion Sanders' episode of SNL. Uh, he doesn't quite do double duty because Bon Jovi is the official musical guest, but instead of that, like, 10 to 1 crazy sketch that they do at the end of the show he Dion does a medley of songs uh he's wearing this like enormous hot pink suit um and just clearly lip syncing and doing these ridiculous dances it's it's a very very funny uh very funny moment uh uh in in the show uh and in uh, I guess athlete singer history but I'm curious uh what uh, about you is there anyone who uh you're going to be, um, you know, adding to playlists or, uh, you know, uh, uh, buying their record. Yeah, I had, I have a few that I kind of earmarked. I think I'll just mention one for the end of the episode. I uh, looked at Lou Williams and he has a single called Rebound that I thought was like so catchy and fun. Um, kind of has a reggae sound almost to me. I could be way off in the verb I'm using, but um, it is a rap song, but it has a kind of nice like smooth hook I guess is the word and his repeated lyric is scoop shorty up like a loose rebound which obviously <laughs> you know ties in his basketball uh experience I just thought it was a great song and honestly very uh low on the listener view count um on the sites that I was looking at so that's my recommendation that's a funny lyric because Lou Will definitely more of a uh, more of a scorer than a rebounder um, uh, on the floor. 
but of course he also has a drake song written about him uh called six man so uh you know uh a lot of uh, a lot of hip-hop a lot of music uh connections for 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 him that's really cool i i'll have to check that one out for sure great well to our listeners if any of you have athlete musicians that you would like us to pay closer attention to you can always feel free to send us a message podcast at sportsreference.com thank you so much for listening